This podcast was recorded in a Zoom meeting with the Hartford Street Zen Center Sangha. Please visit hszc.org for information about how to join our online programs or to make a contribution. We depend on the generosity of our members and supporters, especially during this challenging time. Thank you. Today, we uh, finish our little retreat. Well, actually, little does not quite take it in. Uh, It was uh, actually rather, it was pretty refined, pretty refined retreat. And I was reminded that um, when the, the question of uh, uh, Zen style session or retreat came up for um, the, the residence at uh, Page Street when Suzuki Roshi was alive, he said, uh, you know, mostly the session is for people who don't live here so that they can actually have a taste. For for those of us who kind of have a certain way of life, uh, you might say in honor of that taste, that's already pretty good. And if you're down at the monastery in the winter for a training period, that's, that's really pretty good. So the exact evolution of retreats that are kind of marathons of sitting, I don't know if the history of that is so clear. It's, um, it's pretty hard to do that, however, by yourself. Occasionally, you, you hear uh, of people who they want to arrange such a retreat, and they're all by themselves. There used to be a, a chap who lived here years and years ago when, when I was here who would announce he was going to be occupying the Zendo for the weekend for his own session. <laughs> we just all sort of shrugged. And Zenshin, Philip Whalen, the abbot, would just sort of shake his head. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe down here ringing bells. It wasn't clear whether he actually made it through an entire weekend all by himself. So this, this practice is designed for the shared heart of a sangha. And even a uh, hermit uh, if, if a hermit should not have a sense of that heart, then it becomes very, very difficult. 
I don't know if some of you saw that uh, quite quite wonderful movie. Um, is it Among White Clouds? A Chinese-speaking Westerner uh, went running around the mountains in China looking for hermits and talking to them. And um, he encountered one young woman, a nun, who was all by herself. And he asked her the usual questions, you know, what, uh, so what are you doing here? How's it going? And she basically said, my teacher told me to do this. And it was clear that she was pretty sad. So uh, living in a cave is maybe it's good under some circumstances, but for many of us, the more palpable presence of other beings is pretty important. Now today we celebrate the awakening of Shakyamuni Buddha in, in East Asia this time of year, that's usually done, usually on the 8th of December, but we're pretty close. And uh, the story is that uh, Shakyamuni was, um, you know, by himself in a forest somewhere under a tree where he had been sitting and um, on the occasion of seeing the morning star, he had a, a great insight. And the great insight included every imaginable and unimaginable being. So it was, of course, a bodhisattva with eons of practice behind him. So even if he was sitting by himself in a forest, he was not by himself. And today, you know, this, these past few days, uh, you know, there's been a few of us here in Sanji and some more of you out in the world. And this sense of other beings is quite important. Without that, I'm not sure I would have bothered to get out of bed in the morning, or at least not very early. I confess, when I was sitting down at the breakfast table, I had the thought, I'm too old for this nonsense. <laughs> I, I apologize. I didn't mean that disrespectfully. It's just like, well, it is kind of nonsense, kind of. The teaching even says this is kind of nonsense. But for some twisted reason, it winds up being helpful. Uh, also, this morning, um, 
reflecting that it was Sunday, I remembered a chant from uh, a neighboring tradition and the, in the responsorial psalm for Sunday. Mm, I'm not sure what time of year, maybe, maybe Advent. The congregation sings, this is the day, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. So that is uh, as much a part of our practice as it is of anyone's. You know, it can be a little difficult to see. Suzuki Roshi said, you know, our, our, our practice should be one that allows joy to arise naturally, unprovoked, unsought after. Sometimes, um, you know, so, some people think that our our particular mix of nonsense is, I don't know, not nonsensical enough. So they add more nonsense <laughs> involving people running around hitting you and screaming. When I was very young, I thought that maybe that was a necessary ingredient. Now I'm just embarrassed about that. Not to offend any, um, any of our audience. Our audience looks to be very select this morning, so probably I'm not offending anyone. But um, it's just how it looks to me now. It is not recorded that anybody hit Siddhartha Gautama, Shakyamuni Buddha, or that he hit anyone ever. So it's a little mysterious how we got that into our mix. The justification sometimes is, well, back in Buddha's day, Everybody was like kind of almost enlightened anyway. But we, we are, we are so mired in delusion. We need people to hit us with sticks. Yeah, I don't buy that anymore. Now I'm not referring uh, so much to this stick the so-called kilosaku. Um, this uh, used to be used um, when people requested it, if they were very drowsy, 
or very stiff, you could ask someone to whack you on the shoulder. And uh, that could actually be quite helpful. But for a long time, it was not optional. And uh, especially during retreat, there'd be people prowling the zendo at all times, just, just waiting for someone's <laughs> eyelids to droop, you know, and whack. Well, we got rid of that. And I'm saying no loss. Oh, but aren't people less enlightened nowadays as a result? No, I'm afraid that's not true. We're just as enlightened as we were back then. And we'll be tomorrow. So our, our way is about having received a tremendous gift, a tremendous inspiration from Shakyamuni Buddha, and of course, all the Buddhas before him, her, them. And to carry that forward, whatever way evolves and allows us to do so. That's a pretty full life right there. So I... Um, <coughs> It's pretty common when I, I talk to people sometimes, they give me ideas to, to bring up in Dharma talks. And uh, sometimes it's, it's very, very basic stuff. <coughs> the very basic stuff never goes out of style. So I just want to remind us, which I'm sure this, this august company here this morning knows this, but maybe it's pretty easy to forget that we are not imposing something onto our body minds in this practice. We are not imposing stillness. And if our practice feels like alligator wrestling, something's a little off, probably. Because the stillness is within already. And we are arranging the body mind and living in such a way that we invite the stillness to come forth. If we try to jam it in from without, that will never feel quite right. It's a subtle kind of violence. Years ago at uh, uh, Green Gods, I, I sat at Session and uh, a person who was not a Green Gods resident was sitting next to me and afterwards, Kind of came up to me and said, you're a really powerful sitter. And I thought, what? 
And he was referring to the fact that I didn't move much. And I don't remember so well, but I hope I told him, well, I don't move much because I don't have to. That is, there is stillness there and I'm just sitting in it. I'm not making myself not move. Now I can't feel that way, especially at first. So maybe it's important to remind ourselves that's not how it is. In this moment, all of us are quite still. And we should not be bothered or confused by fluctuation of the mind or associations of feelings. And when you, when your body says, okay, that's enough. Could you please move now? You should go ahead and move. And, and be alert because then the body can in the next moment say, I was just kidding. You didn't really have to move. And gradually you notice, oh, well, yeah. We cannot escape from every discomfort and we don't need to. So we, we have inherited this remarkable practice, all of us, all of you. And some of us who can't manage anything else have sort of wound up doing this for a you know, job. Uh-oh, there goes the heat. Sorry, we forgot to turn it off again. Just one moment. If we uh, just turn it off you know, for good, this old Victorian house starts to freeze very fast. Thank you, Cheryl Sun. I want to take a moment to acknowledge uh, Cheryl Sun's tremendous efforts throughout these few days. Without her, I don't know what would have happened, but not this. So thank you very much, Cheryl Sun.
So we, uh, we put a fair amount of emphasis somehow in our tradition, we've wound up putting a fair amount of emphasis on inheritance, uh, lineage, family, and so forth. Um, the, you know, the inheritance, a little bit difficult to pin down. It's not nothing. Okay. It's somehow in East Asia, probably because of the pretty uh, heavy emphasis there on family and lineage and so forth. That became kind of a big deal. Even though Shakyamuni's insight was to discover what all of us, all beings, inherit. Somehow he got into this thing where in communities, people would say, well, uh, okay, that, that person is an heir, and that person. Those other people, not so much. I think it's um, maybe it's okay to play with that. It seems that uh, some of our ancestors played with that idea. You uh, remember our our great friend Dongshan, whom I've been speaking. Um, and his his in his community, somebody asked him something like. Um, He said, um, I've heard that polishing hour after hour is not enough for to inherit the robe and the bowl. And as you probably know, the robe and the bowl are just symbols for the 
family inheritance. And he asks, so who, who inherits the robe and the bowl? Who gets it? Deng Shan says, well, the one who does not enter by the door. Gymnastic says, well, the one who doesn't enter by the door, how does he have it? How does he get it? Dung Chan says, it's just as I said. And it's not true that she doesn't have it. And he says to the assembly, even if you quote the sixth ancestor and say, from the very beginning, there is not a thing not a single thing. That is not worthy of receiving the robe and the bowl. And then he invites everyone. He says, now say, come up with a turning word. How do you say it is? And um, there's probably quite a few people around and uh, it was not recorded what everyone said, but it is recorded what one person said. And uh, this person uh, came to Dojan 96 times with a uh, living word to present. And Every time, Dung Chan was like, mm, nope. So finally, the 97th time, he says something, and Dung Chan says, why didn't you just say that? And a monastic who wasn't at that particular exchange heard that this guy had finally said a living word, and he went to him and said, if you don't tell me what you told the master, I'm going to kill you. And the monastic thought maybe discretion is the better part of valor here. So he told him, he said, I told the master, even if I could bring them forth, there'd be no place to put them. And the guy who threatened him was abashed and bowed. Now, this is a, uh, you might say, a game of inheritance. And in addition to being rooted in, I guess you could say, you know, yoga, sort of, it's actually rooted in intimacy.
It's rooted in not entering by the door. Um, I can't remember, it might have been uh, Dongshan also. He was the one who said, maybe he was the one who said, or one of them, that which comes in through the front gate is not the family treasure. So if we think that we get, uh, you know, get dressed up and go sit in a basement and get hit with sticks and do all this other stuff. so that we may inherit. That will never do. You can't inherit what you already have. And if you already have it, you may as well sit in peace. sit with Shakyamuni Buddha, who is still, in a manner of speaking, seeing the morning star. Or, if you don't believe me, you can, as they say, go back to the hall And uh, you can try 96 more times something. And the 97th time, maybe you would say, oh, how silly. Who did I think I was going to turn into? That is why they call this the work of great peace. I don't, I don't exactly know how great peace could be a work, but there it is.
uh, such is our our confidence that um, we're going to have a little ceremony. Celebrating and, and um, thanking Shakyamuni for his great awakening. And uh, you're all invited, of course. Other years, we've, we've had, you know, some more people in here. So it's a little, it's a little sad, but not really. We'll uh, just, you know, make some offerings and chant the Heart Sutra and walk around the altar three times. And say thank you. And that'll be that. And then, as we say, we uh, open the retreat container and return to busy life where quite a few people are, are busy dying just now. Quite a few more than usual. I forget what the figure was I read this morning. Quite shocking. Of, uh, something like uh, verified deaths from this, this plague. It's like over 300,000 in just this country, which is really quite extraordinary. Our inheritance is about walking through birth and death, hand in hand, whatever the circumstances. So here we go. Now today, I have the TV controller here. So I could accidentally change uh, channels and then all of you would disappear. And I'm gonna try not to do that. But I also have the volume controller. So I think if anyone wishes to ask a question or make a comment, I'll actually hear you today. Okay, son. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you for your talk and the retreat. I really appreciate it. Um, I love that that we, you know, we we don't really inherit anything. We already have it, and I feel that I live. I'm living in a world of, you know. Do you have this degree? Do you have, are you board certified? Are you, okay, you're a priest, but do you have Dharma transmission? And then you're around people with Dharma transmission. And they tell me they're better and they're teachers and all this nonsense. So nonsense. How, yeah. yeah do you have any insight? <laughs> I mean, we also have to live in that world, I guess, is what I'm saying. And it, it does seem to be part of Zen as, as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid that is part of our, our human mess. Okay. We require credentials of one kind or another from each other. 
when it's when it's the marketplace, I'm not sure there's much we can do about that. If people won't, you know, uh, let us make a living with them without such and such a testimonial, then I guess we can't force them to. But in our, the, the family way of Zen, we should know better. And that's why I refused to join the Zen Teachers Association. I thought that was absurd. However, I do belong to the uh, Sota Zen Buddhist Association. And there, you can't be a full member unless you have Dharma transmission. And I thought that was pretty funny too. But anyway, I fell for it. So I am to blame. Yeah, I'm part of the SCBA as, as well as an associate member. And um, they have a lot of new rules too. So to be a, you know, besides just not even just armor transmission, you have to do a certain practice periods and things. And, but I guess that's the human, that's our human nature. Like you said, we need the, some sort of credentialing or agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. There, there it is again. And <laughs> I was part of some of those discussions, although I didn't have much to say most of the time. Mm. And I knew at some point they'd settle on something. Oh, this many session or that many ongo or whatever it is. They'd settle on something. And then they'd be stuck with that. But anyway, in our heart communities, I don't feel it has to be that way. So I, I apologize for my part in the mess. Well, you're human as well. <laughs> Thank you. Anything else today? You all look pretty peaceful. And if you're thinking, well, I don't feel peaceful, <laughs> that's okay. You know, I'm sure I've said before, what makes you think you know what peaceful looks like? That kind of peaceful, the kind that we know what it looks like, you can find that in the bottom of a glass. This practice is about the peaceful that you don't know what it looks like. Thank you very much, Shakyamuni Buddha. Well, maybe that will do. It's been lovely hanging out with you guys.
this uh, this old body is is uh, complaining quite a bit, even though it hasn't been all that strenuous. So it's doing pretty good. Maybe it's enough. So, uh, well, maybe uh, we have time for a little more quiet reflection, and then uh, we'll have our ceremony. You're all invited. Thank you very much. <laughs>